tactics done right. Well, folks, welcome to Emergency Politics and Radamic. Better to Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. So what's the title of the show? Democrats route MAGA. Democrats route MAGA. Isn't that a good way to start, especially after all the bad Biden poll news? Of course, the Biden poll news really doesn't matter because, again, this really, to be honest with you, doesn't change any of that. This was a good win. Uh, a, a very good win at that. And I think everybody needs to be happy with this win that uh, that Democrats got, because what it continues to prove is that the policies that America wants are the progressive policies. And where are progressive policy? What policies are offered through the Democratic Party? Progressive policies are uh, are offered through the Democratic Party and vote after vote after vote after vote since the election of Donald Trump. We have proven that over and over again. So I think everybody needs to pat themselves on the back. We got some confirmation of things that we needed to hear. Anyhow, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. Welcome aboard, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard E2247 in the house. How are you doing, my folks? Uh, let me go ahead. I got to cue something up here real quickly before I continue welcoming all my great people. Uh, Lee Grant is in the house. How are you doing, Lee Grant? I see you. I see you. I see you. Who else is in the house early? Let's go ahead. Oh, cue, 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 cue. Come on, cue. Behave yourself, cue. There we go. All right. Who else is in the house? Who else is in the house? Let's get to the people in the house. We also have, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, scrolling, scrolling. Michael Rodnin is in the house. Alistair Waters in the house. She says, I'm just listening today. Alistair, we want you. Yvette Avery Herod. You know, yesterday when I started calling out all the people that I've interviewed on that, that's a part of the PDR posse, I don't know that I mentioned Yvette Avery Herod because she was at the top of the scroll. So Yvette Avery Herald was one of the Actually, Yvette Avery Herald was interviewed by Politics and Right at least five or six times, right, Yvette? I mean, you know, she's a union woman, and hey, we need to get that going. Anyhow, welcome, Yvette. Welcome, Yvette. Uh, para ver quién más tenemos aquí. All right, I think I got everybody. If I missed you, just drop a line again so it's scrolling. Michael Rodnin says, hey, Egberto, I look forward to seeing the conservatives in the chat. Call Warren Buffett a socialist or a communist after this one. Yahoo Finance, multi-billionaire Warren Buffett remains a big proponent of capitalism and believes the market system still works, but says it needs to accommodate more folks and broaden the distribution of wealth. Warren says you want to keep system where the goose lays more golden eggs every year. We've got that. Now the question is, how do these golden eggs get distributed? And what? is where the system needs some adjusting. I believe in having higher income for people, Warren Buffett continues. I do not think it's all at all unreasonable that the income tax credit produces at least $15 an hour, maybe higher in certain areas. Warren Buffett also previously told Yahoo uh, Finance back in 2020, this country has the productive uh, capacity to let people like me live extraordinarily well, or sports stars or entertainment stars, all kinds of good managers, and still make some sure that nobody is really left behind. We can do it. We have the resources to do it. For example, the top 10% of households by wealth boast $7 million on average and collectively hold 69% of America's 
total household wealth, according to St. Louis Fed data. In comparison, the bottom 50% held about $51,000 in average per household, adding up to just 2.5 of the total household wealth. There's a major racial wealth gap as well, with Black and Hispanic families owning about 24 cents for every dollar of white family wealth. The economy is more recent years has only seen the unequal distribution of wealth become more exacerbated. Folks who purchased homes before COVID-19 pandemic or during the years when the mortgage rates were 2 to 3% have seen their equity soar, while those who haven't bought yet are no longer sure that they'll be able to. And young people are bearing the brunt of the fallout, saddled with the student loans, debt, and confronted with rising prices during a time when they should be kick uh, starting their careers. Look, I agree with Warren Buffett up to a point, but only up to a point. Because Warren Buffett is a capitalist, nothing wrong with that. But Warren Buffett's claim to fame is also to live on the back of others. Yes, he manipulates and invests in capital and all of that. And by doing so, it gives him an inordinate amount of power over those people who actually invent, those people who actually manufacture, those people who actually do everything. So while his sentiment is good, he is saying, I got it. Now I want to share it. But how did I get it? is what I like to speak about. So I always revered Warren Buffett for wanting to give back. But my thing is that the capitalist structure has an inherent problem in that the worth created by the average American citizen, whether it be the inventor, the professor, the teacher, the doctor, the ones that are actually producing that which the capitalists funds themselves from creates a lot of wealth for those that I call the undeserved. In other words, if I invent something for a company right now, the company and myself own the patent, then the company capitalizes on it and the company makes shareholders and a lot of people and ancillary to said invention make all the cash flow, all the money, all the all the they they make the money on that, and the actual makers of the product, the actual people who infuse the knowledge to make the product, to make the invention, to create the thing, they are not rewarded as let's say the Warren Buffett or the Bill Gates or the uh, Elon Musk or all these guys are. It's a paradigm shift in thinking. I know it's difficult to, for some people after having been indoctrinated into a, a revering Warren Buffett or revering Oprah Winfrey or revering all these people to really say, did they really earn it? You know, when, when Warren Buffett says, I work hard for this money, it's a lot different than the guy inside of that oil tank scrubbing it and making 30 or $40 an hour. When Warren Buffett invents in the company who hires that guy for the tank and makes very little. How fair is that? The guy who cleaned the tank is necessary, but the guy like Warren Buffett is replaceable because, again, he doesn't have to have the actual skills, the actual knowledge to do the job for which Buffett and these guys make their money. So it's a different, it's a paradigm shift. 
So I love that Warren Buffett realizes that the redistribute the distribution is wrong. I wish he would then acknowledge that the compensation that the way the, the that how people how we gradate what people earn is really the problem. Anyhow, I, I hope I made that clear. If I, if I didn't, please to ask some questions. Bridge, Democrats have a major problem from Michael Rennes. If they don't address economic concerns in a hurry, they're going to miss about half their support come to vote next year. While the whole abortion and totalitarian authoritarian issue are important, they're simply not enough. Agreed. So, I mean, I don't want us to take this win and think that somehow it's great and it's the end of the story. Actually, it is just buying us time. Ivanka did well on the stand. Yeah, I think she kind of hurt her own folks, didn't she? Bruce Pollard says, part of the show. Welcome aboard, Bruce. Great to see you here, my brother. Uh, let's see. E2247 says, 11 tools to learn about research in international weapons and arm trade at, women's, at Women for Weapons. Melanie Keelan, good Wednesday to all. Welcome, Melanie. Uh, let's continue scrolling down, scrolling down. Maywood says, good afternoon to everyone. Please. Uh, we also have in the house, uh, Piggy Lopez says, hi, all back writing on walls. This is a, this life is a test. It's only a test. If this had been a real life, you'd be told where to go and what to do. Michael Rudnan says, thanks for reading all of that. Well, you know, hey, Michael Rudnan, you know, if you bring a paragraph like that, speaking about capitalism and what many of these people think, of course, I'm going to read it, my brother. That is right up all our alleys here in the PDR Posse, right? Absolutely so. Eric Hayes says, Egberto, you are so wrong and want to take what is not yours. No. Who is taking it? Folks, um, the response that we get from Eric Hayes to what I just said is, I want to take what is not mine. Let's, 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 Let's address that. That's important. Because a lot of people who have been indoctrinated by capitalism, they actually believe what Eric says. He is saying, I want to take something away from a Warren Buffett that isn't mine. What I'm saying is Warren Buffett took something that wasn't his. In other words, we go ahead and we invent things. And the capitalist takes it and capitalize on it. They profited from something we created. The oil companies drill on public land to, to remove the oil that they didn't put there. It's on public land. It should belong to all of us. They mine it and they take most of the profit. They take an allowance, uh, or rather they take, they pay a small royalty and then they get back even more with something called a depletion allowance. I think they still do the depletion allowance, right? Let me see. The depletion is the depletion allowance still given. Is the depletion allowance still valid? I, they, they do. Uh, after years of debate, the depletion allowance for oil and gas was reduced from 27.5% to 22% in 1969 and completely eliminated for certain large producers but not all large producers. So oil companies, they are taking your oil. And then they also get a tax break with a depletion allowance. In other words, since you're taking oil out and there's less laws, you can take a tax break because there's less oil in the ground now. So you get a depletion allowance. So 
Uh, again, Eric, I understand the indoctrination. But again, we have designed a system that favors those with capital and the people who actually do the work. They don't get rich off of doing the work. It's not jealousy. It's a fact. Je uh, let's see. Uh, let's continue. Oprah Winfrey, uh, you know, I, I usually use Oprah Winfrey because, uh, the, uh, you know, she has made a lot of money, a whole lot of money by using her voice, right? But the person who invented the microphone and the, the cameras and the lighting and those people who make her look good and those people who created the subjects that she made her fortune on, they're not rewarded. They got a salary one time and that's it. But then the way we created our patent system and our copyright system, that which owns that, they can make money on it over and over and over again. In fact, that's why you have the writers striking because they are saying, wait a minute, we wrote this stuff and it's making royalties forever and we get nothing and all the corporations make a little piece of money off of all of it that it makes in the future. It's not fair. At all. It's not fair. Michael C. Egberto, you've claimed that the leftist policies are highly po uh, popular. If that is the case, we should make them completely voluntary. That means pay. Look, again, the people are voting for it, right? Then they vote for it. End of discussion, dear brother. End of discussion. Let's continue. Tom C. says Gates, Bezos, Musk, Buffett, etc. all won the capitalist lottery. No problem. Just make sure they pay their fair share in taxes to help the poor and give the sick. I want them to pay uh, their, you're right, their fair share, which is most of it because their fair share isn't what shouldn't be the share that all of us actually made. I agree with that, with contention. Mike Cisak says, Eric Hazek, Bertha's viewpoint is of a communist. No, it's of a humanist. Somebody who says, don't take advantage of the other person. I get it. According to Mark Sears, surplus value is equal to the new value created by workers in excess of their own labor costs. No, 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 no. Let's look at it factually. If I created the product and you just went ahead and said, let me give you a, a fixed amount for that product. And then forever on, I make money on the royalties of that product. It's not your, it's not what you did that made it. The person that invented it made it again, it, but it's how capitalism works. All right. Uh, the ultra wealthy, uh, let's see, uh, being ultra wealthy is like winning the lottery. If you are, I won a billion dollars in a Powerball, we'd immediately pay taxes on the windfall. Exactly. But the ultra wealthy find loopholes to avoid any taxes. Exactly. You know, in Texas, we just passed the law, right? In Texas, we passed the law, a constitutional amendment that says, the, the, the legislature, because they know they won't hold the legislature forever, the legislature will not be allowed to tax uh, people's wealth in the Constitution. We, and we voted for it. We supported it. It's crazy because every American citizen who owns a home, who owns a car, who owns any asset like that, they pay. Taxes every year. Every year you pay a property tax. That's a wealth tax. But if you own stocks like the wealthy or own certain real estates, since it's an investment, you don't pay taxes on it because it would be a wealth tax. And that's the kind of things we do. We fool the American people into believing that they're protecting something that will help themselves when in effect it's just something for rich people. Anyway, uh, this morning, I gave a rant uh, that I want to play right now because, again, 
it behooved me, and I said every day until the Israeli issue is taken care of, there is a rant that I will do. And this one is, is one that I did at KPFT this morning, and I'm going to play this. It's about 16 minutes long. Take a look at it. We can continue chatting in the chat as we go by. But I want you all to please, please, some of it you've heard. Some of I included Panama in it, some of it you heard, but I think I, ch- I change it contextually. Check it out, and then we'll take it on the other I said that because of certain issues, I really don't want to get deeply into the Israeli Hamas uh, debate in a particular fashion, but with somebody with a megaphone, I think it is responsible for me to go over some human morality. I think it would be wrong for not making certain statements. It would be wrong because when we have airwaves being politicized in a manner that silences people, it is a hurt on democracy. And not only on democracy, it's the hurt on humanity. And I'm teeing this off for what occurred in Congress last night. Rashida Talib, a congresswoman from uh, Michigan, she was censored. She was censored because she made statements, uh, specifically one from the river to the sea, which some have interpreted to mean the destruction of Israel. And uh, by the way, it really does not. Uh, I know you're going to have a lot of people immediately say, oh, that's what they say and that's what they mean. I mean, look, it's even in the, th- those words are even in the Jewish manifesto or, or actually uh, that particular definition. But anyway, um, she got censored yesterday. But before she got censored, she gave a passionate speech on the floor. She is the only Palestinian inside of Congress. I'm not looking for a debate here, my brothers and sisters. I just want to state a few things here. I am, before I became a naturalized citizen, and many of you know the story, but for the new people that are coming out here, you will hear a part of the story that I like to mention to people when it comes to humanity. As a as a citizen, uh, rather as a born uh, a Panamanian citizen, naturalized American. Now, in 1989, I was here in the United States. My father was still alive and lives in Arco East, right across the street from Colón. I have relatives living in Panama City. Uh, Manuel Antonio Noriega was a was the was the dictator of Panama. They like to call him a dictator. It's not, it's not that black and white there, but he was a dictator of Panama. And uh, he had all kind of alliances with the American CIA. And uh, they, they would have agreements for spying on people, all that kind of stuff. But there was one ask that the CIA asked of Noriega, and he didn't do. And uh, well, he, it was also known that he kind of laundered money for the drug dealers. I mean, like, a lot of we launder a lot of our banks launder money for them 
And um, anyway, so they they created pretext to get Noriega out of power. And the, but the pretext is immaterial, what they used to get out of power. I want to talk about the humanity here. So there's one person, one person that America claimed that they wanted out of power because they were, you know, laundering money for drugs in America. You know, they didn't say, let's teach Americans not to use drugs. They said, this guy is providing the supply or allowing the supply of drugs to the United States. We're going to take him out. And in the process to take him out, we use the military might of the United States to bomb the smithereens, specifically out of three cities, Colón, Chorrillo in Panama City, and David. They wanted to take out the cuartels. That's the places where the militaries of, uh, not the military, the Guardia Nacional, the National Guard of the country was the major parts of it. So they took it out, but they didn't only take out the military portions, but around these bases, like in many other Latin American countries, there are a lot of tenement buildings, etc., where thousands of people live. So as these bombs were let go indiscriminately, thousands of Panamanians were killed, died. Thousands of Panamanians died. And uh, they, they did a lot of cover-up. They created big pits where they threw all the material from the Guardia Nacional and all these things into the ground. I don't think a lot of you hear these stories on our regular mainstream media channels. You hear bits and pieces about it, but you don't hear about it in detail. But I bring that up to tell you that that has been our modus operandi, our military's modus operandi. That has been the way. Colin Powell always spoke about whenever you're going to go and go in to do massive damage, in other words, so that nothing happened to our people. When we were attacked in Iraq by, 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 Af- by Saudis who trained in Afghanistan, when we were attacked and we lost 2,300 innocent Americans, we did similarly, but not so much so in Afghanistan because a lot of these fighters was, were in the mountains, etc. So the damage wasn't as bad on civilian populations. but. The truth of the matter is, we don't care. We never cared. When we then created a pretext to go into Iraq, in Iraq, we, we, our smart bombs killed several hundred thousand people under the pretext that Saddam Hussein also had something to do with 9-11. But civilians got killed indiscriminately in Iraq again. And we as Americans feel or felt many of us listening to our media and our government justified that innocent Americans and several thousand American soldiers got killed, the war machine, because 2,300, Eric says I'm wrong, he says it was 3,000 Americans got killed. So we thought it was sufficiently humane that that was in response to the killing of Americans and that somehow that would make things better. That would make this not happen again. 
That's what we would be felt to believe. But at the same time, folks, at the same time, all those brave firemen, all those brave uh, officers that went ahead and cleaned up New York and in the process of cleaning up New York, in the process of being in that bombed area, got ill, got sick, got all kinds of diseases. We care so much about humanity that we couldn't invest a few billion dollars in giving those folks the, the they had to fight so hard. Even John Stewart and everybody had to fight for our Congress to give these guys the money for their health that was caused by this explosion. But we had no problem sending monies to the war machine that continued to do its thing. And this story can be repeated for Grenada. This story could be repeated for Haiti. Haiti. This story could be repeated for uh, for many uh, uh, countries that we have invaded across the world. So then comes Israel, and we had um, Hamas, who goes in and murders terroristically. 1,400 Israelis and Netanyahu, who really one has to consider a war criminal, not only for what has occurred since those 1,400 innocent Israelis were killed, but for what he has been doing in Gaza and the West Bank for several decades. You have this guy goes in, go in to Gaza after 1,400 innocent Israelis are killed and he goes into Gaza and decimate 25% of the infrastructure, buildings, everything decimated and claims. Well, I tell them to leave. I tell them to go south. But if they go south, they're bombed as well. Even yesterday, I cut off their food. I cut off their water. I cut off all these things. Humaneness, humanity, 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 humanity on TV yesterday. Uh, one of their representatives on the war, war, war team said specifically when asked, now that all this is occurring to help solve this problem, will you create a two-state solution? He said that it's too early to talk about that we have to re-educate Palestinians first. We have to re-educate them as to what is right first. He said that on MSNBC yesterday. No other country in existence we talk about some a, a country, the people of one country does not have to like the persons of another country to be a country, but we have to re-educate them to like us. And if they do, they can become an independent state. Of course, I ask everybody to look up, to study about the formation of the country, the, the new country of Israel a few decades ago. I am asking Everybody that is listening to my voice, not to jump to conclusion or jump to uh, call calling somebody anti-Semitic because they just look at what's out there and look at the facts. I'm saying, let's look at humanity. Let's look at what's right. I brought this. I started this subject with Rashida Talib being censored by uh, by the Congress. Not even all the Republicans voted to censor her. In fact, we had a, 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 a one, a, 
a, a Republican uh, guy out of Colorado that's retiring now, of course, he voted again. He, he voted to table it and he said, we can't be doing this because somebody's exercising differs in the way they see things, the way their opinions are. I've spoken to Rashida Talib personally at the, in the Philadelphia Netroots Convention. And I can tell you, we even spoke about her stance on Palestinians, etc. The woman is not anti-Semitic. What she is is somebody who understands the pain that Palestinians must live in, in their open air prison in Gaza and in the West Bank. Until we get honest about humanity, about the belief that all people have a right to life, that all people's life are of equal value. All people's lives are of equal value. We will continue to have the events. Hamas, Israel, uh, uh, America, etc. And we as Americans, we have to also tether our own military. Because more so, how can we ask Israel? Israel just came back to us. Netanyahu was right when Biden says ceasefire. Well, he didn't say ceasefire. He says pause. But he really means ceasefire because he understands what's going on in Gaza. When he said pause, all Netanyahu had to say is, Brother Biden, who could tell Bush to pause in Afghanistan and Iraq? Who could ask Bush number one to pause in Panama? In 1989, who could ask Reagan to pause in Granada in 1980 something? I don't remember the date. And in fact, I did an interview with an American citizen a few two weeks ago who went through what occurred in Grenada when the United States invaded Grenada as well. Over here in the United States, uh, there is a war on critical thinking. There is a war on asking folks not to sit back and just accept the standard line that we're told, the indoctrinative line that is told to us. And it's not the American citizens that are at fault. It is our media. It is our information networks that's controlled by a plutocracy whose intent on keeping us less than informed in keeping us in a fashion that are on a, in a fashions that are unable to think critically, that are unable to look at things the way they should. And you know what? There are many countries around the rest of the world. They don't have that restrictions. They don't have an army. They don't have bombs. They don't have all those things, but they have people who think and they understand what is occurring in the rest of the world. But they think. They think. And while we sit back indoctrinated, we suffer the consequences both financially, both with our lives, both with everything, because we are uninformed on issues. 
And when somebody comes out there and try to change and make us more informed, most of the times or many of the times they are beaten down. Rashida Talib is no anti-Semitic person. I, I, uh, uh, Rashida Talib is a person who is watching her people, her, the, the, the skulls cracked of kids. She's watching the arms and limbs decimated on kids and adults and having a visceral reaction to look at people who look like her being treated like trash, not just after the, in a, the, the, the vicious killing of 1400 people in Israel, not just after that incident, but a continuum over decades. And many people around the world see this happening and f- folks find justifications for it. All right, folks, uh, again, another painful assessment of where, where we stand. Anyway, before I, I move further, uh, Bridge uh, points out that, uh, let me read it, because uh, she points out that uh, Egberto Biden called for a three-day stop and Blinken said Israel must stay out of Gaza, et cetera, area after it's over. Well, I mean, I know they said that, but I want you guys to read something, because here's what, and uh, yesterday I told you I would look it up, and I did. Uh, this is what the article, this is what uh, El Senor had to say. Uh, I'm speaking about, thank you so kindly. Uh, truth is truth. Thank you, Egberto. Gwendolyn Douglas, thank you so kindly for being our newest member of the PDR Posse. Thank you so kindly for being a member of our PDR Posse. Folks, please feel free to join Gwendolyn to become a part of our PDR Posse on YouTube. Anyhow, folks, um, I want to to read what Netanyahu had to say. Because he thinks he has the United States in the palm of his hands. He said, look, the tape was shot. Well, let me read the beginning. Netanyahu, U.S. says, U.S. is easily manipulated. Here's what he says. The tape was shot during the early stages of the Second Antifada when violence between Israelis and Palestinians was escalating. Netanyahu was speaking with settlers who lost family members to Palestinian attacks. Ariel Sharon, the Israeli prime minister at the time, had recently deployed additional Israeli troops in the West Bank. Netanyahu, who did not hold political office when the recordings was made, was dismissive of the United States, calling it easily manipulated. I know what America is, Netanyahu said. America is a thing. You can move very easily, move it in the right direction. They won't get in the way. Netanyahu also uh, spoke extensively about undermining the Oslo Accords, the agreement signed in 1993, which set up a framework for future Israeli-Palestinian negotiations. The Oslo Accords specified that Israel would be allowed to keep military zones in the West Bank. In any future agreement with the Palestinian Authority, Netanyahu told the settlers he would use the loophole to retain large portions of Palestinian territory. I'm going to interpret the accords in such a way that would allow me to put an end to this galloping forward to the 67 borders, he said. 
How do we do it? Nobody said that what defined military zones were. Defined military zones are security zones as far as I'm concerned. The entire Jordan Valley is a defined military zone. In the recording, Netanyahu described Bill Clinton, the former U.S. president who helped negotiate the accord as radically pro-Palestinian. That is who we're dealing with. That is who we're dealing with. That is, he, they like to call Palestinians animals. That is the animal that we're dealing with. That is the person calling the, causing the deaths of 10,000 innocent people. We can tiptoe and play games and try to not upset uh, some because of the fear that somebody's going to call you anti-Semitic. Fear not. Have your Jewish brothers and your sisters by your side as you say these things. Today on Democracy Now!, there was a Holocaust survivor. This morning on Democracy Now!, there was a Holocaust survivor stating that what Netanyahu was doing was genocide. And she said, as a Holocaust survivor, 87-year-old woman, she lived it. And she said, no, baby, no, what's being done is wrong. Bridge MCP says, Israel considers the leadership of the West Bank to be its legitimate negotiation partner for the Palestinian territories. No, they consider them a stooge. Remember what Netanyahu did. Netanyahu indirectly made sure that Hamas, a radical terrorist organization, kept power in, in, the, in Gaza made sure that the Palestinian authority was very weak so that he would have an excuse to say, hey, no two-state solution. You can't negotiate with Hamas. They're a terrorist organization. And look how weak the Palestinian authority is that nobody listens to them. Hezbollah is out there. Again, they're playing games as they populate with, with settlers over and over again. How long do we just tolerate that? And sit back and take it because of the fear that we have. Somebody's going to say, by criticizing Israel, you're anti-Semitic. Well, luckily, my Jewish brothers and sisters are right by my side. The ones with a heart. Right by my side. Tim Danahy said, is there any merit to Hamas simply surrendering with conditions? They won't do Hamas is a terrorist organization that doesn't, in my opinion, fall under what Israel falls upon as a as a country, as a country with responsibilities. So um, I don't think Hamas, you know, the only thing for Hamas is if for some reason they don't get themselves killed, they, they'll make a deal. But I mean, don't you think Hamas knew that? Uh, well, that with Hamas and the other ancillary organizations, that killing a lot of uh, Israelis would have brought this demise onto them. They knew what they were doing. They knew that Israel was going to use that as an excuse to blow stuff. They wanted attention. Then they don't. They knew that a lot of innocent Palestinians would get killed. When 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 Netanyahu says that he's right, Hamas doesn't care. I, I understand. Hamas doesn't care about, they have a goal. They don't want the existence of Israel because they believe, again, that that land belongs to Palestine. Israel was piped back in by Great Britain and the United States and all of that. They threw the, 
they threw the Jews back on the land as far as Hamas is concerned, their land as far as they're concerned. They knew this was going to happen. Hamas knew this was going to happen. Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, you read the last of the comment. I wrote not all of it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which, where is it? Okay. Uh, which comment is it? Uh, let's see. Egberto, the British government in the history books displayed Irish with tails like monkeys. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Uh, but let me see if I can find your other notion. Or Actually, put it back again. Bridge MCP says, Egberto, wow. Here, when Israel invaded the Gaza Strip Thursday, no military operation was happening in the other part of Palestinian territories, the West Bank. The two territories have had drastically different relationships with Israel and the rest of the world. In the Gaza Strip, the government is led by the radical Islamic movement Hamas. In the West Bank, Fatah, a political party formed from the Palestinian National Liberation Army, the PLO, is in power. Both Hamas and Fatah are predominantly Sunni Muslim groups. Israel uh, considers the leadership of the West Bank to be its legitimate negotiating partner for the Palestinian territories. While both groups were created with the goal of reclaiming land from Israel, Fatah has accepted the existence of Israel, but Hamas hasn't. Hamas, headed by Khalid Mashal, is considered a terrorist organization by Israel, the United States, Canada, Egypt, and Jordan, as well as the European Union. Israel refuses to consider Hamas a legitimate government, and Hamas refuses to acknowledge the state of Israel. Until recently, Fatah also refused to recognize Hamas as a legitimate government. In April 2014, however, the two Palestinian factions announced a reconciliation agreement. As BBC News reported, Fatah leader Mahmoud Abbas, who also heads the Palestinian uh, National authority condemned Israel's attack on the Gaza Strip, calling them a genocide. Speaking in the West uh, Bank last week, he said what's happening now is a war against the Palestinian people as a whole and not against militant factions. That is correct. And by the way, Bridge, you must have sent that through another method because we never got that long thing I don't see in the in the list. All right. Before I continue, um, I, 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 that that's it for Israel today. I said I would be doing a rant or something every day until um, until something happens. I don't know, but I I just feel impotent every day. Israel just bombs and bombs and kills and maims. The revenge for the fourteen hundred. Israelis are probably going to result in over 20,000 by the time it's all over or more dead Palestinians. And these are people. And Israel does not consider them people. I said it on KPFT Bridge, but I noticed how I, I really watched the words that I used on KPFT. And I noticed how I catered it around Panama. I catered it around Iraq and all these other places. But I needed to find a way to say it. I needed to find a way to say it. Anyway, as you know, the Democrats had a big win all over the country yesterday. Um, did I expect it? Yes. Did I expect it was going to be as big as it was? No. Uh, but I tell you what, now that it's been consistent, off-year elections, Democrats win. On-year elections, Democrats win. Elections that Democrats should lose, Democrats win. And, you know, Santorum has had it. The Republicans have had it. They think something is wrong. They no longer want it. Here's what they have to say about it. 
and you are going to find this quite distressing. As Republicans continue to lose, they realize that they have a new enemy. And who is that enemy? That enemy is democracy. You don't believe that they believe democracy is the enemy? First of all, we had Donald Trump, after losing the election, going all out to try to say the election was stolen. The election was stolen. Of course, every turn, every twist and turn proved that, no, the election wasn't stolen. You lost. You not only lost, you lost by 7 million votes in the in, when you tried to be reelected and you lost by 3 million votes or so when you even got elected. The people don't particularly like you. It's the undemocratic nature of our electoral college that got you elected. Now, Republicans continue to lose year after year after year on issue after issue on politician after politician. So now that you've pretty much know that the people don't want you, in other words, democracy, you know, democracy says the people doesn't want you. Many of you have decided that your new enemy is, in fact, democracy. Want you to listen to Rex Santorum and what he has to say about that, because he said out loud what we all knew. To our panel now. Uh, so we're looking at obviously the issues of abortion and marijuana in the state of Ohio now. Now, 50 percent, over 50 percent of the country has legalized marijuana. Senator, you know, you look at these issues uh, that are driving the left out to vote. You would think the economy, uh, crime, illegal immigration, those would be some of the issues driving people out. If when you look at so many who are unsatisfied with the direction the country's headed in. Uh, but apparently that's not it. Uh, remember, this, these elections, off-year elections, odd-number elections, are very low-turnout elections. They are base elections. And uh, the Democrats have traditionally, number one, outspent us, not just in odd-number-year elections, but generally speaking, number one. And number two, their base is more ginned up to go out and vote generally than Republicans. That's, we've seen this now for the last several years. And so a base election, they uh, Democrats outspend and you put very sexy things like abortion and marijuana on the ballot, and a lot of young people come out and vote. It, 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 was, a, it was a secret sauce for disaster in Ohio. I don't know what they were thinking, yeah. but um, that's why I'm, I, I thank goodness that most of the states in this country don't allow you to put everything on the ballot because right. pure democracies are not the way to run a country. So, so then... <laughs> Democracies are not the way to run a country. So, democracies are not the way to run a country. So, so then, Rick Town, democracy is not the way to run a country. Well, he said pure democracy, but what other democracy isn't but a pure democracy? If that's what if we should really hear, pure democracy. What you're saying is if you don't win, that somehow, if you don't win, hey, baby, something is wrong. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He said it out loud. Donald Trump uh, put the country at risk by trying to say democracy is his enemy. That's what we have to work with. We spend a lot of time yeah, exactly. Pure democracy. Doesn't work in a democracy. 
Wow. So you keep losing instead of changing and trying to appeal, appeal to the people and try to find what the people want. What you're going to say is pure democracies don't work. Pure democracies don't work. It is astounding, but he said it. But, but they've been saying it for quite a while now. They've been saying it for quite a while. Anyway, folks, if you are on YouTube right now, please click that join button. Consider becoming a member of our PDR Posse on YouTube. You know why? Because we need to get more of you on. So please consider. Click that join button and become a member of the PDR Posse. You click that join button and send me an email because when you click join and, and come in, I don't get your 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 um your address or anything. I'll send you a politics done right bumper sticker. Politics done right bumper sticker. So go ahead and uh, click that join button. Become a part. It's pretty cheap, man. Pretty cheap, and you really help us do what we're gonna do. And I'll send you the politics. Let me see if I get a better picture of it, there. The politics done right bumper sticker. You know, and uh, you know we can do it. So. Join the posse. Join the posse. I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll see we are a loving family here. All of us, left, right, and in between. Left, right, and in between, we get along. And yes, I am going to do that, brother Lee Grant. I'm going to go. Uh, when when the, all the hostages are released, maybe I'll stop. Assuming that Israel stops killing innocent Palestinians, then I'll stop. Then I'll stop. Now, I, I want to, uh, a cup of coffee a month. Yeah. A cup of coffee a month. Or go ahead and, and, and subscribe to our, be a paid subscriber to our newsletter. But I want to say something here because um, many people fear mob, uh, mob rule, right? In other words, a lot of, that a lot of people taking away the rights of the, the minority, or whatever that minority, not necessarily a color minority, but a minority in gender, minority in what you want, etc. No, that's not what we want at all. Uh, and and let me just give a little stuff. I think you should know this already, Brother Lee Grant. I think you know this. But let me reiterate it after what you said. Because what Lee Grant said was pure democracy equal mob rule. And uh, we are a constitutional democracy, right? And within our constitution, we have something called the Bill of Rights. And the reason we have a Bill of Rights is because that which falls into the Bill of Rights are rights that the democracy cannot take away from you. It's called an inalienable right. And some of them I like, some of them I don't. I don't like the idea that anybody can have a gun, but it's one of your right. We cannot take away your right to have a gun except under very strict circumstances. Likewise, free speech. We cannot uh, take away your free speech, no matter what you say, unless you do something that actually harms, etc., etc. So there are rights within the Bill of Rights, right of assembly. All these things are there to protect against what people call either mob rule, as Lee Grant would say, or the tyranny of the majority. There are a lot of ways people state these things. The Constitution laid out has the option to protect against that. But everything else should fall under the democracy. And that is what Rick Santorum and, and Republicans, now that they're 
on a losing streak that seems that probably won't stop. Now they don't believe in democracy at all. And Rick Santorum is saying it. It, it, it is many others saying it. If we can't win, there's something wrong. We have to use guns to win. We got to do this to win. And that's what it's all about. Anyway, folks, click that join button so I can thank you now. Click that join button if you're on YouTube, and I'll give you a good thank you for becoming a part of our PDR Posse on YouTube. All right? Okay, let me go ahead and, and do my ask now. Uh, please consider becoming a member of Politics and Right. Uh, we have... Uh, a link here that gives you all the options that you can use to support us, whichever one is more comfortable for you to make sure that we can continue to tell, be out there telling the truth, you know, uh, making sure that things are right. Politicsandright.com slash uh, bridge. I'll send you another bumper sticker, bridge. I'll send you one. I'll, I'll go ahead and send you a bumper sticker. Uh, in fact, let me write myself a note. Send Bridge a bumper sticker. <laughs> bumper sticker for Bridge. All right. I'll send you a bumper sticker, Bridge. All right. Anyway, folks, go ahead. Click that join button. Become a member now on of the, of the PDR Posse. All right. Now, if you want to know all the ways in which you can support the, the program, go to politicsandright.com slash support politicsandright.com slash support. We have a lot of different ways that you can support the program. Alternatively, I'd like, or, or as well, not alternatively, I'd love to for all of you who can to please subscribe to our newsletter. A paid subscription is a coffee a month. A paid subscription is a coffee a month. politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And you help us do what we need to get done. We get done. We get to do what we need to get done. So if you kindly support us either through our newsletter or many of the other options at our support page, politicsandright.com says support, you ensure that we can continue doing this. And this is a lot more than just a show on, on the radio on KPFT or a show on the screen. We also write books out there. And anybody who becomes a subscriber to our newsletter they get access to all our current books and all subsequent books online at Substack. So please consider doing that. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. I'll put it in there one more time. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Anyway, guys, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. I want to thank all you guys for being here. You know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.